Toronto Blue Jay prospect guru Brennan Delaney back in the house for the second and third segment today as we deep dive some Toronto Blue Jay prospects. And it is Throwback Thursday. And today we look at how some former Toronto Blue Jays are doing with their new teams. And in there, we look at the extreme irony that an amazing move the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays could make is trading with the Chicago Cubs for Marcus Stroman and Julian Merriweather. Yeah, I am serious. And when you hear the deep dive, you may be convinced too. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Locked On Blue Jays, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Keep in mind that every Toronto Blue Jay game available for you to take in on Sirius XM. Want to shout out some of the new YouTube, subs- YouTube, easy for me to say, YouTube subscribers to the Locked On Blue Jay YouTube channel. Alex, Richard, Day, day early. Oh boy, Richard, was I even close on that? I'm going to say it was day early. Richard, day early and Breesh. And to the everydayers making the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, their first podcast listen every single day. I see you and I certainly thank you for that. Please do hit that five-star rating. Today on Locked On Blue Jays, Brennan Delaney in the second and third segments. Remember, we sort of left off yesterday's uh, episode with a cliffhanger as he was about to start deep diving a Relvis Martinez. I hope you're as excited about as Relvis Martinez as I am. But uh, let's start today, but it's Throwback Thursday, right? So we definitely want to have a throwback segment in here. So I thought, let's take a look at how some former Toronto Blue Jays are doing. And yes, of course, we're going to get into Lourdes and and, and Gabby uh, Moreno and you know, Marcus Sammy. And we're, there, there, there's a few we're going to get into, right? But believe it or not, we're going to start with two Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I said at the beginning, I mean, I think this is an amazing move if the Blue Jays could bring in Stroman and Merriweather. And it probably raised, you know, a Spocky and eyebrow or two out there, right? I mean, who who wants... Who wants to deal with Marcus Stroman? Some people don't like him in his, his off-field stuff. And Julian Merriweather didn't. Craig, I'm, I'm pretty sure we tried that already, and it did not go well. Well, let's start with Julian Merriweather. His first, he's a Chicago Cub now, and his first five outings with the Chicago Cubs, it was the Julian Merriweather that you're thinking of. It was the Toronto Blue Jays' Julian Merriweather. He had allowed uh, eight earned runs and just five and two-thirds innings pitched over those first five outings. He's just getting rocked. Now, since then, He's had 27 appearances. In those 27 appearances, 26 and two-thirds innings pitched, allowed just three runs. That's a 1.01 ERA. So that goes back to April 17th. So over two months of action for Julian Merriweather, 27 appearances out of that bullpen for the Cubs, he's allowed three runs to an ERA of 1.01. And in those 26 and two-thirds innings, by the way, 41 strikeouts. (laughs) Holy moly. In June alone, Julian Merriweather, no runs allowed in nine and two-thirds innings pitch that spans nine appearances. And in those nine and two-third June innings, 18 strikeouts. Wow. Oh, and by the way, he's hitting over 100 on a regular basis as well. He's hitting over 100 miles per hour on a regular basis as well. I mean, Julian Merriweather, wow. He's really putting it together for the Chicago Cubs. Marcus Stroman. The Stroh Show's own record is at 9-4. and four. Now, that's remarkable. The Cubs are under 500 team. Stroman's uh, ERA is at 2.28. That's number one in all of the National League. It's number three in all of baseball. I mean, is that good? Is the Stroh Show doing it this year? I mean, wow, 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 wow. The Cubs are under 500. They're 10-6 and six when Marcus Stroman pitches this season. Holy moly. In the six losses, by the way, they're averaging two runs per game. I should say just two runs per game. So basically, this poor Chicago Cubs team, when, but when it's Marcus Stroman on the mound and the offense does anything, this poor Chicago Cubs team 
wins. Nothing has been hittable from the Stro show this season. The cut fastball has been unhittable. The four-seam fastball has been unhittable. The split-finger fastball has been unhittable. His slider, his slurve, his sinker, unhittable, unhittable, unhittable. He's been so good. And where I would love him for a Toronto Blue Jay, obviously, familiar with a lot of things Toronto Blue Jay related, yes. But he's pitched against the Tampa Bay Rays this season. Remember, the last two weeks of this season, it's all Yankees and, and Rays on the schedule for the Toronto Blue Jays. So somebody's going to have to step up against the Tampa Rays, Tampa Bay Rays going down the stretch for the Blue Jays. Well, Stroman pitched against the Rays a couple weeks back. How about a complete game shutout? One hit, one walk, eight strikeouts. Holy absolute moly, right? Holy absolute moly. Now, hey, I, I should mention, right? I don't think the Blue Jays have the prospects to get a trade like this done. Like I should mention that, right? I'm not, I'm not actually predicting this, but yes, I think you see where I'm going when I say that that would be an amazing move for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays. Marcus Semyon. Marcus Semyon on pace for the second best batting average and on base percentage of his entire career. He's just been fantastic for the Texas Rangers this season. I, I wasn't a believer in the Texas Rangers. Marcus Semyon and that team has made me believers. He's just been so good. He's on pace for a similar season to that of what he had with the Blue Jays back in 2021. Now, less home runs, yes, but less strikeouts. The, the rest of his numbers are, are, are pretty, uh, production-wise, pretty similar to what he did as a Blue Jay in 2021. And don't we know that what he did as a Blue Jay in 2021 was absolutely massive. That was an all-star season, by the way. Marcus Semyon is hitting out of that leadoff spot for the Texas Rangers. He's fifth in baseball for RBIs. Hitting out of the leadoff spot. Holy, he's got 54 RBIs hitting out of that leadoff spot for the Texas Rangers. Is that good? It's the middle of June, or a little bit past the middle of June now, but we're not even into, into July. And he's projected for well over 100 RBIs in the leadoff spot. Marcus Semyon, wow, wow, wow. How about Steven Matz? <laughs> I think a lot of us saw this coming, right? That the Cardinals were going to, were going to rue that four year, 44 million us. So what's that? That's like 2.8 billion Canadian or, or however that works out for Steven Matz. Holy moly. He, his own record as a St. Louis Cardinal in the last year and a half is five and 10. His ERA is 5.38. I say five and 10 as a Cardinal. Well, this season, he's 0-7. Oh, my goodness. 0-7. He's had 30 starts for the St. Louis Cardinals. They've won 12 of those games. <laughs> Was that money well spent? And again, we all saw that coming, right? Just a ridiculous contract. He had that great season under under Pete Walker a couple years ago, you know, 2021. We knew somebody would massively overpay for Steven Matz. The Cardinals said, yeah, it's going to be us. And wow, I mean, if they could get out from under that trade right now, they absolutely would. Now, you knew we were going to get into Lourdes and Moreno, right? Because, you know, two popular Blue Jays, especially Lourdes. Uh, well, even Moreno is very popular. Blue Jay fans understood he has a huge upside and still, I mean, still has a massive upside, of course. But yes, for the Dalton Var show, it's a trade that that's under a lot of people's um, uh, magnifying glass all season, under a lot of people's microscopes all season, yes. And it started out very one-sided, but things have taken a turn recently. Let's, let's look at this. Lourdes on the season. 276 batting average with 11 home runs. His 822 OPS would be second on the Blue Jays behind only Bo Bichette. So overall, start to finish, yes, you have to be happy with Lourdes. But I'll say this. Lourdes Gurriel hit a solo home run back on May 29th. That put his average at 320. <laughs> Is that good? Holy moly. Wow. That was May 29th, hitting 320. Seven for 72 cents. That's an 0.97 batting average. Since May, he's lost over 40 points on his batting average. He's lost over 40 points on his batting average. 
hitting now he's hitting just under 300 and when he plays left field so he's actually done better when he's played out in the field you know been engaged in that game he's actually done better in, that, in those scenarios than as a dh again overall start to finish aren't those numbers on the surface good for lordis but when you deep dive the last what month or so wow has he been struggling speaking of wow has he been struggling the last month or so gabriel moreno on the season, Gabby hitting 267. The defense is every bit as special as you would expect it to be. Five weeks ago, Gabby Moreno was hitting 321. But just like Lourdes, he has plummeted. He's lost 54 points off his off of his batting average since mid-May. Meanwhile, as all this is taking place, I mean, don't look now, right? But Dalton Varshow is coming on. Dalton Varshow, 277 in June, 365 on base percentage in June. Varshow ended April hitting below 200. Holy moly. He's added 34 points to his batting average since then. So on throwback Thursday, we see that that trade with Arizona starting to tilt a little bit in favor of the Toronto Blue Jays. Coming up on Locked on Blue Jays, we're again joined by Blue Jays prospect guru Brennan Delaney. And we left off yesterday as Brennan was about to deep dive Aurelvis Martinez. And Brennan talks Blue Jays prospects in the second segment and in the third and final segment today. Blue Jays are off today, but if they were playing, of course, reminder, you could have caught that game on SiriusXM. I want to take a quick moment here to talk to you about Bird Dog's stretchy shorts and pants. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dog's stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you that truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, what would you say, that restricting cotton. Bird Dog fixed that issue by inventing a cloud nick fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that helps keep you cool and dry all day long. Versa, I mean, the comfort, yes, you're going to love about the bird dogs. Versatile is another word I would use to describe these things. You can wear your bird dog stretchy shorts or pants on, on the golf course, to dinner, to the movies, you're hanging out with friends. I mean, you absolutely name it. You're going to you're gonna consider these things versatile. And again, comfy, right? <laughs> Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. And, and can I show you something here? Hey, I've got my, yeah, I've got my free Yeti style tumbler. You mentioned Addison Barger, and, and I want to get into Barger and Orelvis. Uh, I've long thought that the Blue Jays would lose Whit Merrifield at the end of the season, would lose Matt Chapman at the end of the season, but I wasn't devastated by that because there's there's guys, and now Davis Schneider in that mix, who I think need a position at the big league level next season. Now, Brendan, I'm one of the you know extreme minority people. I never gave up on Arelvis. I've been a, I've been massive, massive, massive on Arelvis on, on from day one. Continue to be massive on Arelvis. Let's. I know you mentioned Barger earlier. I want to get the Barger, but let's start with Arelvis just because I'm such a fan. I'm so excited about Arelvis Martinez. What, what do you see him uh, projecting out at, at the big league level? When do you see him being a contributor on the big league level? He may get that. Uh, he may get in like towards the end of next season, but I think he's a 2025 guy. Mm. And I've I've had this spiel so many times. He was 20 years old in Double A. Jeez, right? There's not a lot of <laughs> 20 year olds. Yes, he did not hit for average. Yes, there's issues with the strikeout rate. But now he's a little bit older. He's a little bit more experienced. You kind of see, oh well, he's 21 in Double A, and he's not doing too bad anymore. He started off really poor, to be honest. His BAPIP was like, I think 0. 0.5, uh, 0.5, mm -hmm. but as he's gotten more comfortable this season, he's going the opposite field. He's hitting singles, which was not Hello. happening. Obviously, he's still 17 home runs. He's leading the organization in home runs, but you can see that he's just he's maturing at the level. And I think that 
Blue Jays fans were more harsh on him than other like other prospect watchers. They would see, oh, mm-hmm. 30 home runs as a 20-year-old in double A. That's really good. He, I think he was second in all of double A last season. But we were like, oh, he has a 211 bat um, yeah. batting average. And it's like he, he's gonna get better because when he plays with people his age, when he did that Thank in you. 2021, he was hitting like 270 or something like that. So I, I think it was just kind of a wait. Give him a little bit more time, and obviously he has now blossomed and probably should be in uh, AAA soon. I'm so glad you put it that way, Brendan, because I feel like it's because because I've said that many times. When you look at Aralvis, when he plays, when when he catches up to the age, because he's so good, he keeps getting promoted. When he catches up and is now playing people of his own age, so his his peers, man, things really take off from it. Sounds too simple to say that, right? But I, I'm glad that that you're saying that as well, Brendan. You're noticing that as well. Now, how about uh, Addison Barger? I think uh, I think the fan base might even be a little more excited about him if, if he was healthy and we, and we were seeing what he's capable of. But when you just see him, I mean, my, I, I honestly think that, and I know Vlad is struggling mightily, but I, I feel like Barger is is Vlad's from the left side, just as far as that that bat, that controlled violence through the strike. I mean, that swing, Brennan, is exciting out of from Addison Barger from that left side too. Do you know he's actually naturally right-handed better? How crazy is that? How crazy is that? That's crazy. How crazy is that? <laughs> uh, it's a wild swing, man. But I think in 2021, he was not really a prospect everyone was looking at. Mm. Like he was he even ranked in my honorable mentions. Uh, I knew he had the home runs, wow. but it was like oh, he has a 32.2 strikeout rate or something like that. Once that went down, I think everyone started to see, hey, Addison Barker is a really really good player. Um, I think the injury kind of affected him. I mm-hmm. don't know for sure. I don't, I don't, I'm not an insider. I just kind of assume same with Spencer Horitz and his thumb last season. I, I kind of just assumed, Hey, that's yeah. probably why his numbers are struggling. But I think when he's healthy, you're going to see what we saw from him last season. I think he, he's just too good of a player. He has insane power too. Do you think he could be on the big league level as soon as next season? I think he can make it this season. If he wow. hits the ground running when he comes back from his rehab assignment, I think if he's doing really well by September and they need because of an injury or whatever, I think that he has an opportunity because he plays all over the place too. Even well, so what, outfield now too, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, great point. So let's look at a few that, that have made the big league level. And forgive me here, Brandon, I'm not excited about either one of these guys. Now, again, I, I really respect your take on things, so maybe you'll get me excited. But when it comes to Spencer Horowitz, when it comes to Nate Lucas, boy, I don't see a lot of there. I'm talking about production at the big league level. I don't see a lot of there there. Let's start with Horowitz, Brennan. T- talk me into getting excited about Horowitz. Or, or, or will you? Uh, best hit tool in the organization. Okay. Well, I don't okay. Think no, that's exciting. I don't think it's close. Okay. That's exciting. Um, I also think that he can hit for more power. I think it's just his approach. It's high on, uh, high on base percentage, mm-hmm. high average. Like we've seen him hit 12 homers in a season twice. Now, uh, one of them was in, uh, high, uh, high where he, uh, was in Ron Tonkin field, which actually takes like, the dimensions of that park are not good for hitting homers, and he still hit 10 homers and then two in New Hampshire. He hit 12 last season, too. Uh, granted, he was at the dental Delta Dental Stadium. It's <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, left 
left-handed park, but mm. no, he has power. He just, again, I think it's more of it's his approach doesn't lead to more power, but he has one of the best eyes in the organization. It's one of the best hit tools in the orga- organization, if not the best. Like, I think it was up there with Gabri Moreno's hit tool. That's how good wow. I think okay. I'm pretty high on Horts. I've been since 2021, but yeah, I, I really like Kelly like Horts a lot. I, I ta- Bren, Brennan, I tasked you. I said, hey, get me excited about Horowitz. You just got me excited about Horowitz. Hey, best hit tool in the organization. Okay, that's enough said right there. I'm loving that. Now, I, I just can't imagine you're going to get me excited about Nathan Lucas, Brennan. But hey, let's turn it over to you. Hey, how, how about Nathan Lucas? I like his bat. Um, again, he hits for a good average. He has some power in his bat. Plays well defensively. I think he just needs opportunity. I don't know if that's going to be with the Blue Jays. I like him a lot. Wow, okay. I kind of felt bad that he was sitting on the bench for as long as he did without any playing time because yeah. he has, I think, around 100 plate appearances this season. Oh, jeez! Uh, I think he should have been down in double A, uh, in Triple A if you're sure, not going to yeah. play him. But no, I like him. He's good depth to have. He deserves more opportunities. I don't know if he's going to get it in Toronto, which is sad to say. The uh, I really understood the Dalton Varsho trade from this standpoint, Brennan. The I like Shapiro and Atkins. But the, the there are a few areas where I would definitely consider their cupboard pretty bare. And the developments of bringing uh, an outfielder through the system to the big league level, that's that's that rookie outfielder or that young outfielder with that with that high upside and that controllable contract. It, it's been complete swings and misses for Shapiro and Atkins where that's concerned. So I understood the idea of bringing Dalton Varsho going forward. The Blue Jays' chances for for an outfielder like that is the the Gabriel uh, the the Martinez's of the world the the Desan Browns the the Emmanuel Benias, uh, Brown is the only one in there. I'm really hoping Bania can put it together. I'm really really hoping I can get excited about him. I'm in, uh, maybe I'm in the minority here, Brennan. I'm not excited about Gabriel Martinez at all. Desan Brown, I can see some tools there. Would you agree that those are the three outfielders? that have the best chance in this system? I know you mentioned, you've talked, uh, uh, you wrote about the lower level outfielders. We can get into some of those guys as well, but of the Martinez, the Brown, the Benias, the guys that are on that 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 top 50 list right now, is there are there any of those three that, that you're particularly excited about? Um, I like all three. I think Gabby has a good hit tool as well. Um, he showed a lot of power last season, but he's kind of hit the high A full season hmm. role right there. Um, he's still very young for the level. He's only 20. So I, I think okay. next season, if he repeats the level, he's going to be a lot better at it. Um, Desan Brown, like he started off so slow, but yeah. you can just see the tools that he, like, right. he is your prototypical five tool guy, like at least average across the board. His speed, 80 grade um, defense is fantastic. <laughs> And just, uh, just to mention real quick, if, if you're not familiar, 80 grade, I, I don't know why it's out of 80, but that's the highest grade, right, Brendan? Like, that, that's yeah. that's top dog, yeah. He's fast. I wish I yeah, could yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, bottom line, yeah, bottom line, he's fast, yeah. Um, his power tool came along last season. He, I think he had, like, three home runs in the Northwest League final, which was, like, three games. Oh, wow. It was insane. Um, he's starting to heat up now, too. It's nice to see his hit tool – and his power tool for that matter is kind of lacking behind the other tools, but you can see that with development, it'll be there. I think he's still only 21 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Manuel Bono, I haven't seen him play, but he's reached base in all 11 games that he's played this season. And okay. I think in his last seven games, he's or eight games, he's had a hit in, I think, seven of them. 
And you wrote uh, a few days back about the the lower level outfielders. So give us a name or two in there, Brendan, that are not on our minds right now, but this time next year are going to start to be on our radars. Alan Roden should already be on everyone's uh-huh. list. Uh, I think he has a 128 WRC. I don't know if I wrote that down. I did it earlier today, but no, he's been fantastic this season. Um, another player is Jaden Rudd. I pegged him to have a breakout season this year, and he's been absolutely fantastic. He has the highest WRC plus out of anyone on Dunedin. Um, Robert Robertus, which I like to call him Robert times two. Uh, yeah. He's not having the best of seasons, but he's showing things, and that's what all that's really important down in the lower minors. You can't really just look at statistics. You sure. have to look at what are they bringing elsewhere, and he's showing it. He's shown his power. He had two home runs in double uh, A last season as a 19 year old or something. And uh, that's it. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty barren down there. They should draft some outfielders if you're drafting for need. Well, you gave us three. That's probably one or two more than I thought you might give us, Brennan. Again, I, I like your Pyronekins. I've just not been enamored with what they've done. With uh, can, the I, outfield. can I get yeah, one more? Yeah. Uh, Garrett Spain is having a fantastic okay. season this year. Um, he had six home runs last season. He's already matched his career high. He's hitting home runs at clutch moments. He had a grand slam with the Canadians down. They were down to their last out. Hits a grand slam. They win that game. A week later, literally a week later, down to the last out with a runner on base. Hits another home run. Walks it off. Tyler Zick had a fantastic call for that. You're giving me de- – was that recent, Brennan? You're giving me deja vu on this. Was that in the last little while? Uh, it was last Wednesday. Hit that home run. Well, they, they okay. Yeah, that yeah, that's the last level. Yeah, I remember. It might have even been you on Twitter that, that that was sharing those clips. I remember seeing something about that on social media actually. And and they weren't just home runs; they were massively timely home runs. It's funny, Brendan, because I was literally runs. thinking in my clutch home runs because I was literally thinking in my head, how many times has Vlad been up in this situation? And we've been looking for something yes. like this on the big league level, right? So it's it's funny. I I actually remember that. Coming up on Locked On Blue Jays, more with prospects guru Brennan Delaney. We're going to get into some prospects, uh, you know, very exciting guys like Leo Jimenez, uh, Josfer Zulueta, Hayden Yinger, Adam Mako, Alex DeJesus. Reminder that the Locked On Blue Jay podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That's your team every day. And you can catch all of the Toronto Blue Jay games on Sirius XM. How about uh, a guy that seems to be, I'm, I'm so interested to get your take on this guy, Brendan, because of all the Blue Jay prospects, he, he's the one where, I mean, any Blue Jay prospect conversation, the, the, the lead character is Ricky Tiedemann, right? And then you get into the Bargers and, and the Rev. There's some big names there, but I feel like Leo Jimenez is really, really, really getting on people's radars lately. I feel like he's been hot lately. Where are you on, on Leo Jimenez, Brennan? Jimenez has shown every single year he's improved with something, so... Mm. He was injured for a lot of the 2021 season, but he had a walk rate of like 50 or something like or an on-base percentage of 50. I don't know the Jeez. exact stat. Insane. I mean, he was a little bit old for the level, not like not by a lot, but he should have been in double A, uh, in triple A. High A. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, last season in high A, he only had one home run uh, back in 2021. He hit six home runs, so he started showing the power. This season, he's kind of put both of those together. He has four home runs. I think he has nearly a 300 batting average too. Like he's just shown every single year and he's still pretty young. I think he's like 22. Um, Great defensively too. Like he's mm-hmm. just solid at shortstop. I think he'll stick there. Good hands, good feet, uh, good internal clock, especially for such a young age. I, I'm really high in Jimenez and he's kind of shown why he was once that top five right. uh, position player prospect as well for the Jays. 
It's, it's the exact opposite. As down as I am with the outfield prospects coming up, the middle infield prospects coming up, forget about it. So much to get excited about there. Absolutely. Uh, let's turn to some guys on the mound here. Now, you talk about prospects going forward, but Brandon, I'm, I'm looking at this guy as somebody who can really help the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays. And as the season keeps going on, I keep realizing or I keep wondering, am I just really off on this? Because I seem to be way in the minority. I have no idea how nobody is talking about how Yosfer Zulueta can help this team at the big league level. I mean, am, am I just crazy on this, Brennan? I'm liking this guy's stuff. I would like to see him get a shot to help at the back of this bullpen uh, on the big league level. His command and control of his pitches are still not where it needs to mm -hmm. be, I think. Um, I think his velocity, uh, I didn't check and I probably should have, but I think his velocity is down as well. From what I've seen, he's not touching 100 as much as he was touching last season. He's been sitting 96, 97, which is kind of a concern, even though it's still thrown hard. Um, I like him. I think all four of his pitches are pretty nasty. I think it, he just needs a little bit more time to develop because, again, he he was signed in 2019, played in Cuba for a year or two, mm. but then missed all 2020, 2021, and – uh, a little bit of 2022 in like the summer, but he's still rusty. He's, he may be 25 like me, but he's, he's still developed as like a, a 22 year old. That's what wow. his development is. That's, that's just how I see it. I think he needs a little bit more time, but he definitely has the ceiling of someone. Who mm -hmm. really that's what him. I see too. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, how about, now there's no need at the big league level for the closer right now, Jordan Romano. Thank you very much. But the, but Hayden Yinger could certainly be that guy going forward. Now he's somebody, Brendan, who, I mean, am I wrong? He, he struggled a bit this season, but, but oh. still go. Oh, okay. There. So I'm not wrong. Look, look at that reaction I just got. So oh, okay. <laughs> Here, here's a stat I wrote. So he has a 675 ERA and a 401 oh. FIP. Ooh. His line drive percentage, 33.7%, which okay. is insane. Like, yeah. He has a four, uh, .447 bat pip. So if a, a batter touches the ball and it's in play, nearly half the time it's a hit. That's incredible. That's, That's incredible. insanely what, what, unlucky. What's happening, Brendan? I have no idea. It's the issue. Like last season, I think he had like a 16, 7, 6, 16 18 line drive percentage, which is pretty good. And his bat pip, I, I don't remember that stat from last season. But. I don't know what's happened this year. I, I can't explain it. It doesn't make sense. Like he's very unlucky. Like even a line drive percentage that high is very high, but nearly a five. Uh, it's like if someone's bad and hits the ball and it's almost, almost half the time a hit. It's just that's incredible. That's yeah, just incredible. an outlier of a stat. Um, he also gets hit hard quite a bit too, which is kind of worrisome. It was happening last season as well, but all three of his pitches are pretty nasty. And I think that he could eventually help out in a bulk role. So you haven't, so, so you're acknowledging, yeah. I mean, what we've seen this season hasn't been ideal, but going forward, Brendan, you're still excited about him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to finish off here with a, a pair more uh, players here. The, Brennan, the I feel like these these next two are just forgotten. Everyone talks about the Teo trade as Teo for Swanson. Of course, that's not the case. Adam Mako was in there. Everybody talks about the Mitch White for for Frasso. Of course, that's not the case. Alex DeJesus was in there, and and you know we're we're talking about a couple uh, in, in Mako anyway, uh, a potentially a top ten prospect for the Toronto Blue Jays, and and somebody you know a lefty who could contribute. Dare I say as early as next season, but certainly twenty twenty five and going forward. Let, let's start with Adam Mako, Brennan. Are, are you at all excited about him? Yep. 
Um, results haven't been there, but again, it's a case of, oh, it's high A. There's more than just stats, but his stuff is just disgusting. Mm. If you could ever figure out his control and command issues, which he it's actually declined a little bit this season. So I was strikeout right, but if you could ever fine-tune that, throw strikes, his stuff just plays so well. Like the curveball is one of the best in the organization. Fastball has touched as high as like I think 97, maybe 98. Um changeup is a little bit underrated. I think um, sliders hard, sharp, just a very good prospect. It was a good pickup by them as well. I love that. Absolutely. I thought his curveball was major league ready when he was drafted. And and when he was drafted, uh, Brennan, if I remember correctly, it was like 89, 90 for that fastball. Then we saw some 91, 92, all of a sudden, like you said, 96, 97 to your point, never mind what the stats are showing as a lefty too, as a lefty, as a lefty. I literally think he could be the best. I've thought, thought about this for a while, Brendan. I think he could be the best lefty since Jimmy Key for the Toronto Blue Jays. Completely different pitchers, but but I could see Mako. Like, Key was a, was a good lefty for a long time. David Wells was a good lefty for the Blue Jays in spurts. I could see Mako being uh, being a consistent contributor to this team. I'm excited about that. Now, we talk about the the up-the-middle guys. So, Alex DeJesus is sort of in a log jam because there's so many up-the-middle guys. But still, where are you on him? Um, I think he needed time to adjust, to be honest with you. Like some people I don't think understand how hard it is to move from one organization to another, especially if you've wow. done it before. Um, yeah, he was not great uh to end the season last year, and he wasn't great to start the season, but he's kind of adapted to the new organization, and I think he's been playing a lot better. Um more home runs. Higher bat and average. I think uh, I think I may have worked this one down. Uh, since May 16th, an arbitrary date, um, he's batting 304, 383, 565 with, I think, four home runs or something like that. What you but, say random date? That's over a month, Brennan. That's a legit sample <laughs> size. That's a legit sample size. I was, I, was, I was using that date like on like June 15th, and I, I, I felt kind of bad about it because it was like <laughs> one day before a month, but yeah. <laughs> No, he's, he's just been a lot better lately. Like, if you look at his stats before that, they, they weren't as great. But again, stats aren't always that important. He hits the ball hard. He hits the ball the opposite way. I like what they got with him. And they also traded Moses Brito. Just a fun fact. He walked like one player last season in the DSL, which is pretty impressive. That's, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, geez, that's going to work. Holy moly. And then so finally, he's on the Dodgers now, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that <laughs> hopefully a decline for him. No offense, Dodger fans. Yeah, no offense, locked on Dodgers. But yeah, we're we're locked on Blue Jays. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so the uh, last question here for you, Brendan. The, the the trade deadline this season, I think it's going to be a seller's market. I think it's gonna be an absolute feeding frenzy. You've got the third wild card spot. You have the Houston Astros look vulnerable. The Yankees, all the teams that went coming into the season, you would have thought, well. Are there even trades we can make to, to, to be better than the Yankees, to be better than Houston, to be better than Tampa, things like that? Uh, Tampa's still obviously very, very good. And that's just in the American League, right? The National League, wide open as well. Dodgers maybe not running away with it. I, I, I can see, for those reasons and a few others, I, I can see the the a trade deadline being just a feeding frenzy. Who of the players we've talked about, Brennan, can you absolutely see going out the door for the Toronto Blue Jays or, or or somebody else that we haven't discussed. But who do you think other teams will definitely be coveting from the Blue Jays? Because you know every conversation is going to open with Ricky Tiedemann. That's going to get shot down right away, and Atkins is, is going to have to say, can I interest you in you know two or three of this group? So who's not going to surprise you of, of these prospects to, to, to see get traded? 
I don't think they're going to actually make any major moves this season. Wow. I, I think there's a chance that they kind of do what Baltimore did last season. I think it's a very slim chance because of the expectations that they have. But I think they can move maybe Whit Merrifield, replace him with David Schneider. I think they may very unlikely, very, very unlikely move Brandon Belt, replace him with Spen- uh, wow. Spencer Horowitz. Uh, Yumi Garcia is an expired free agent. I could see them try to maybe move him. Um help that farm system grow a little bit, but also have ready players that are, you know, could be major league ready. Brennan. Well, I mean, a locked on blue Jay fans, you can see any prospect you bring up. Brennan's Brennan's rhyming it off. You can see, he knows exactly what he's talking about. You can see why I was excited to, to have him on as a blue Jay prospect guru. Brennan, your, your Twitter handles right on the screen for us here. So that's fine. But where else can the good people find your work and, and read your work? Uh, I write for Blue Jays Nation and Oilers Nation. If you're an Oilers fan, I, I hey. kind of assume most people are Leaf fans, but go Oilers. <laughs> um, you can also find me on LinkedIn, but please don't find me on LinkedIn. The picture that I have is from 2020 when I was in like really good shape, and I was like, so don't find me on LinkedIn. But okay. I love LinkedIn okay. around. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's that's about it. I just I write uh, for Nation Network and uh, post clips on Twitter. Awesome. Brennan, this, this was a blast. Thanks so much for your insight. Thanks for your time. We'll, we'll do it again soon. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That's a wrap for Thursday's episode. Be sure to join me tomorrow, Friday, as we get set for this weekend series with the Oakland A's coming to town. Blue Jays kicking off a nine-game homestand. All of those games, of course, available on SiriusXM. And for now, keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Sully hosting Locked On MLB. Go Jays, go, and we'll talk tomorrow.